Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Thank you for joining me for season 11 of the Anchored by the Sword podcast. This season, you may hear one episode a week. You might hear two. Just kind of depends. I have so many great guests that you do not want to miss them. Each one brings a brand new perspective on freedom, a new perspective on God and their relationship with Him, and also so many great projects coming up. We hit a major milestone this past season of 5,000 downloads. And that is due to each and every one of you for tuning in every week. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Let's continue to watch God move. Let's continue to give him the glory for the freedoms that we have experienced or will experience. And if you need today to understand more about God and more about his freedom, then tune into this episode and message me and let's go on this journey together. Thank you for listening. Enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I'm excited today to dig into a new book with a new friend, Jen Schultz. Uh, We're going to talk not just about her book, She's Not Your Enemy, which is a topic that alone will grab you just in the spaces that we're in and all the things, but also learn more about her story. So Jen, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Can you tell my listeners more about yourself? Sure. I am a wife and a mom and lifelong reader, a lifelong writer, and uh, now an author. My my book, um, She's Not Your Enemy, is out. And yeah, it's um, it's wild. It's kind of been a wild journey. Uh, mm-hmm. God has, has come alongside me to be able to make this book happen for sure. Um, he, he worked out situations that I never saw coming. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we're here we are. I, I don't kind of crazy. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Like I told you offline, I'm in the process of writing myself and it's a crazy journey. I've been involved with writers and writing groups and speaking groups and everything for a long time and launch teams, but doing it yourself is a completely different ball game. Lots of work. (laughs) It is. It is. Absolutely. So let's talk about you personally. Let's talk about your freedom story. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up kind of knowing God. Uh, my parents are believers and uh, I grew up going to a church com- community that just felt like family. I mm-hmm. mean, we um, definitely looked out for each other. They they showed me in a lot of ways what freedom looked like in God. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately in, in my own head and out of, due to my own character, I kind of fell for the lie of perfectionism and mm-hmm. people pleasing and approval seeking. And I just always felt like I was striving, even with God, like I I always had to be proving I always had to earn grace. 
And so even though I knew God and I knew he loved me and I, you know, had these great examples in my life, I still had this sense that I, I had to do the right thing and be the right person, or if not, at least have the right mask on my face so that everybody mm-hmm. thought I was doing well. And I was terrified of being found out. I was terrified of, of looking weak or um, especially weak in my faith. And so um, I got to a point, I mean, it, this lasted for such a long time, like into marriage and motherhood. And I got to this point where it was just crushing me. Mm-hmm. Like I just couldn't do it anymore. I was having panic attacks, um, just paranoid about what people were thinking about me. So insecure with God that I was going to lose his love and, and lose um, my salvation and just all of these things. And so I, um, I reached out to a biblical counselor. I started talking to some dear friends about what was going on and they all started pointing me back to scripture. I mean, first of all, they showed me like so much more grace than I was expecting. Like I genuinely thought I, you know, was going to get get challenged on my lack of faith or, you know, you need to work harder, you need to do better. And that was not what I was met with at all. I was met with so much grace and so much Mm -hmm. patience and just kept being pointed back to scripture. You know, is this what the Bible really says? Um, Because I knew all the verses, like I knew my yoke is easy and my burden is light, but I just couldn't connect to them. I just Mm -hmm. felt like, except I have to work, except I have to, you know, um, hide my shame, except I, you know, I'm not perfect and nobody can know. And um, so, so being pointed back to the scriptures and and really learning how to believe them and believe that they applied to me and believe what they said about God and who he was and who he said I was, it changed everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell, <laughs> the story. there were a lot of, a lot more tears and a lot more details to it than that, but gosh, mm-hmm. it, yeah, God completely transformed my perspective of him. And I'm so grateful for the people who were able to point me back to him and point me back to scripture along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old were you when you started struggling with that? Gosh, I, it's funny. I remember even in kindergarten, <laughs> I, um, I remember the first day the teacher said, um, you know, the, whoever is the best behaved today is going to take home this stuffed animal with you for the night. And then you'll bring him back tomorrow kind of thing. But it was like this award, like, uh-huh. so I got it. I was like, oh yes, I'm going to get that dog and I'm going to be the best behaved and all of that. <laughs> um, and then the next day I came back and I was devastated because I didn't get it the second day. And I was like, no, like, I must not have been well behaved. I came home crying. My mom was like, Jen, you can't win every day. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work like that. But in my head, I was like, well, I wasn't the best behaved if I had been better behaved. And, I, you know, like, I can remember that so clearly. And so this, mm-hmm. this began young. Um, it began early. And uh, it just kind of continued to grow. Um until, you know, as an adult, I was, I was still like, oh, I've got it. I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about me. You know, like I I'm struggling with this, but I'm figuring it out. Don't worry. You know? And, uh, inside I was like, please don't let them find out how, how big of a problem this is for me, you know, because they'll, they'll see me differently. They're going to judge me. What if they don't let me be a part of church anymore? Just all of these things that were in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it started young. Mm-hmm. How did you see him use your experiences with that coming out of it to help other people? Mm. So I have been writing a blog since, um, 
you know, just a little bit after marriage when I discovered blogs and I was like, oh, you can, you can just have a piece of the internet and and share your thoughts. This is amazing. And Mm -hmm. so I I started writing and I wrote about everything. I wrote about my faith. Um, I wrote about, you know, just, just making life an adventure where you are. The blog was called what you make it. Mm -hmm. And um, I, it was at a time when I was just feeling really discontent with life. And I was like, you know what, I just need to decide to make life great where it is because God has me here for a reason. So Mm -hmm. I wrote about that. I wrote about, you know, recipes and pictures and all these things. Mm -hmm. And um, that was kind of my, my pre dealing with um, all of those struggles kind of mode. So I would just write about anything and everything. And, uh, I got to a point I was, you know, I was kind of more of a mommy blogger for a while and like writing about diapers and all that fun stuff. And then I was like, you know what? I just hate writing about this stuff. I want to write about my faith and I want to write about um, what I'm learning. And so I kind of made that switch right around the same time that I started making all of these discoveries and and going back to scripture and what it really said and all of that. And um, I just found that it really resonated with people. There were so many more people out there than I thought that we're dealing with the same things that I was. And I mean, it's just, that's totally Satan's tactic, right? As he wants us to feel like you're the only one, nobody else struggles with this. Nobody else is putting on a mask every morning when they leave the house, but it's so not true. Like so Mm -hmm. many of us are dealing with these struggles. And so um, I just continued to write about that and um, Mm -hmm. it continued to resonate with people. And um, along the way, started working with a literary agent and um, eventually was able to um, do a book deal on this book that is out. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. When you feel like those thoughts, because, you know, those thoughts tend to still creep in just in a mm, different way as we get yeah. older and as we step out in our faith. Uh, yeah. What verse or verses can keep you anchored and bring you back? Well, I, um, I have several that are go-to for me. Uh, one of them is Psalm 103, which I would love to read. Um, it says the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And uh, this is one of the verses I actually wrote about in the book because sometimes when we're kind of in that mentality of proving or striving, we don't see uh, compassion as being the first descriptor of God. We think Mm -hmm. of like, oh, God is demanding. God is, uh, he expects so much of me, you know? And we get this this negative, like bad theology perspective of God because of Mm -hmm. what's going on in our own heads and our hearts. Um, So this is one of the scriptures that I was directed to. And I keep going back to, because I'm like, this is how God describes himself. Even Mm -hmm. Um, when he speaks to Moses, this is one of the first things he says about himself is I am compassionate and gracious. Um, That's how he describes himself. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. those are the most important things to him is, is his relationship with us, not what he expects of us, not, um, you know, to shame us or anything, but that he just loves us and has such incredible compassion for us. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the ones, I mean, the whole chapter is just incredible, but that's one of the ones that I hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love Romans eight, 
uh, just top to bottom. Romans eight mm-hmm. is, is incredible. <laughs> There's like no path, no scripture in there. That's not helpful. Um, and then I have always just leaned on lamentation three twenty two through 23. Um, it's just God's mercies are new every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in the hardest times in the times when I can't really shake those feelings, um, God's mercies are new every day. And I don't need to, to be identified by my failures and my shortcomings. Cause that's mm-hmm. not how he sees me. Hmm. Wow. I know that'll help somebody today because it's helping me today. So oh, good. I'm glad to hear you. that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing those verses. Now let's let's dive into your book. Like, sure. like I said, absolutely. the first first time I heard about this, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is something a lot of people deal with." Whether you're mm-hmm. in a Christian realm, book writing, speaking, all mm-hmm. that. I mean, just right. in daily life scrolling yep. on Instagram, scrolling on TikTok. Yeah, I see right. it even with my nephews. Like this person has this. I mean, just all the things. Yeah. So, with your concept of she's not your enemy, let's yeah. talk about we started to already talk about mm-hmm. where this began, but let's continue to dive mm-hmm. into that and yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh well, this kind of came about a few different ways. I, mm-hmm. I I mean, I feel like I've always had that struggle of comparing myself to other mm-hmm. people in an unhealthy way. Um, I think we all do. I think mm-hmm. we all kind of struggle with that. But the more I dug into it, I, I did some research and I found that um, comparison is something we do naturally, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, it's been studied scientifically. It's kind of a tool that we use to figure out where we belong, uh, mm-hmm. to figure out, um, to, to, kind of gain motivation. Like we'll see other people and be like, wow, she's killing it at school. That makes me think about, I'd love to go back to school. You know, like we kind of, we, we, it, it is kind of healthy motivation there too. And then it Mm -hmm. also um, helps us to realize what we contribute and what other people contribute um, Mm -hmm. so that we can kind of uh, what we, what we give and take from each other really. So Mm -hmm. it made me wonder, I was like, why would a, a good and purposeful creator um, give us this thing as, as you know, something that we naturally do, mm-hmm. uh, comparison. Um, and it's, it's just evil. It's just wrong, which is mm-hmm. kind of how we think about comparison, right? Like we think about like, oh, it's just a bad thing. Like I just have to get rid of it, but it it's not, it's been studied mm-hmm. and proven that we use it as a good thing. And it's something that we do naturally. So why would God instill that in us? It must be useful. It must have a purpose and there must be a healthy side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the same goes for competition, mm-hmm. you know, there's healthy competition. We have the Olympics and we have, um, mm-hmm. you know, awards and things like that. And if we don't take them too seriously, they're healthy. Yeah. If they become our lives, <laughs> that's when it becomes unhealthy. And, uh, mm-hmm. so I kind of wanted to like, uh, set the line between what is healthy comparison and what is not healthy comparison mm-hmm. is, you know, what we said before is, you know, how it helps us to find belonging, how it helps us to figure out what we contribute and all of mm-hmm. that. Um, unhealthy comparison happens when we start determining our worth based on how we compare to other people. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started digging into that more. I know um, I have felt because of comparison, I have felt at odds with other women in my life Mm -hmm. because I've, um, you know, just felt like, well, she's doing better than me. God must love her more than me, or she's doing better than me. She must work harder than me, or she must be more this or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not enough. I fall short. And I would just kind of dive into the the downward spiral of mm-hmm. not being good enough. Um, and what I realized was it just comes back um, 
it, it wasn't really an issue between me and this other woman. It was so much more of an issue um, of my own insecurities and needing to work those out with God instead of working them out as compared to this other woman. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it just became what started as a book about comparison really became about dealing with your own insecurities, um, going to God first, believing what he says about himself and what he says about you, like we've kind of talked about already, mm-hmm. and how that extends into our relationships with others. Because even though she's not your enemy, there is an enemy. Right. <laughs> and the enemy is the devil. And the devil wants us divided. He wants us isolated so he can take us out. Um, Mm -hmm. so this book is kind of everything going against that. It's okay. Let's start with God. Let's start with who he is, who he says you are, um, and believe it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, um, use kind of that, that newfound confidence and being rooted in our identities to affect the relationships around us. Um, and through the book, we kind of go through different chapters. Every chapter is about a woman who you might feel like you're at odds with. So the woman Mm -hmm. who has what you want, the woman who, um, is going through something more than what you can you think you can handle or help with. Uh, the woman who puts on a mask every day, uh, mm-hmm. even the woman in the mirror. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. All it all kind of started unraveling for me, and it became about something completely different when I when I got into it. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you to talk about the chapters in the book, yeah. which you kind of started doing. But let's yeah. you know you don't have to dive into all nine of them. But let's dive into a couple ones that were highly, um, maybe even difficult for you to write because they kind of, you know, stabbed when you did it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the first ones is the woman who has what you want. And Mm -hmm. um, I went through a period of infertility Mm -hmm. uh, before I had kids. Um, It was honestly just a relatively short period of time compared to what a lot of women go through. It was about two years. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I remember how devastating that time was for me and how it completely shook up my faith and my relationship mm-hmm. with God, because, um, again, I had such a proving mindset that I thought I must not be good enough if these, you know, if other women can get pregnant, um, but I can't, there must be a reason why God, God must be upset with me, or, um, I must've done something worthy of not, not being able to get pregnant. And, uh, you know, it's not like other people stopped getting pregnant when I couldn't. So I'd I'd keep getting these announcements and they keep going to baby showers and just not understanding. Mm -hmm. And, um, I look back on that time now and I'm, I, it's completely, I mean, I, I just see how much God was drawing me to him. Um, Mm -hmm. regardless of the outcome, um, he was drawing me near to him and helping me to see more clearly, this is not, not necessarily about you or what you've done or what you haven't done. It's not about the other woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm trying to draw you near to me. And, um, and I did, like, I came out of that time so changed so much closer to God. Um, and even just in this, uh, this newfound kind of uh, awareness that mm-hmm. even if you're stuck in something that you're waiting on, there's so much you can do in the time being, like mm-hmm. you can't give up living because you're waiting on something. Uh, God has you where you are for a reason. And there's, there's Mm -hmm. more to do than just wait. So um, that's kind of what came out of that chapter. And it was hard. It was hard to go back to that time um, because Mm -hmm. it's still painful, but I can also looking back, see what God did through that time. Um, He absolutely changed me in it. 
So I'm hoping that that chapter will be encouraging. I actually heard from a friend recently that who, who had been through something similar. She was like, I was avoiding this chapter because I didn't know if I could handle it. And mm-hmm. it was exactly what I needed, um, which just filled me up completely, completely and brought me to tears and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the chapters. It was, it was hard to go back to that time, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Another chapter that was hard to write was... Uh, the woman who is too much, which is um, the woman who asks too much of you mm-hmm. and um, basically finding boundaries. I am horrible with boundaries. I, you know, people pleaser, right? Like mm-hmm. I grew up thinking I have to say yes to everyone. That's what God wants. And that's what Jesus did. So yeah. that's what I have to do. Right. And uh, I remember during that time of kind of figuring everything out, I had someone ask me, you know, is that really what Jesus did? And at first I was like, yeah, like he always said yes. And then the more I went back to scripture, it was like, no, he didn't. Mm -hmm. He didn't always give people the answers he was looking for. He didn't always say yes. He didn't always heal everybody. He didn't always feed everybody. And um, so I started that chapter thinking, I don't know how I can write this. I'm not good at this. And uh, God led me to this passage that I write about in the, in the book. Um, it's, it's basically like 24 hours in the life of Jesus when uh-huh. he feeds, feeds the 5,000 and then, um, you know, basically leaves them, gets, you know, goes, goes off on his own. His disciples go in a boat. Uh, he walks on water and meets his disciples, which is a miracle. What like 12 people get to see mm-hmm. and then ends up on the other side. And this whole crowd who loved him so much because he fed them meets him on the other side of the lake and they're like, what more do you have for us? Are you going to feed us again? <laughs> and he's like, no, like I'm not here for that. You know? Right. Um, and I just found that to be such a powerful example of like, you know, Jesus, he, he, he knew what his purpose was. He knew what he was here to do. Mm-hmm. And he um, sometimes was able to like to do the feedings and do the miracles. And sometimes he's like, you just need to believe and you need to yeah. listen to what I'm saying and you need to right. obey. And, um, so I, I, anyway, all of that to say it was a hard chapter to start with, but I really, mm-hmm. um, it was good for my heart and I'm hoping it will be helpful for other people who kind of struggle with the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it will because I, you know, as you said, we, especially as Christian women, we want mm-hmm. everybody to be happy. We want, mm-hmm. you know, at, at our expense a lot of times. And mm-hmm. that was something my counselor really worked hard on with me is boundaries 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 and you know ever since I put those up I still have a lot of work to do as we always Mm do but those boundaries have really helped me be able to know when to say yes and when to say no and when to just be like look I need space like I said still working on it as we all Mm -hmm. have to daily do I am no expert. <laughs> Any of these things in this book, by the way, I'm no expert. <laughs> I just have had a lot of experience. So I, right. um, yeah, it, it's, it's an ongoing thing for sure. <laughs> Especially the more we put on our plates mm-hmm. you know, and the more things that come along, children, yeah. another mm-hmm. dog in my case, mm-hmm. um, just the more responsibilities work. that we put on. Yeah, yeah. work. I mean, yeah. it's just a crazy time. So yeah. let's talk about the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. The woman who has her guardrails up. That's mm-hmm. a real interesting topic to me. So yeah. like, it's just in, can engross a lot of things or involve a lot of things. So I want to hear what mm-hmm. your, what your thought was behind that chapter. 
Yeah. I mean, I think we can write people off so much based on what's on the surface. Like we can Mm -hmm. say, oh, well, she's clearly like, she's got her life together. You know, she doesn't need me. Why, why would she need me? Or she clearly is a mess. Like I, I, I don't want anything to do with that or, you know, um, I think, I think mostly I leaned in the other direction. I was like, it's so easy for me to see somebody who, you know, she's super together. She's got the right outfit. She's got the right hair. She's, Mm -hmm. you know, got the cool job and all this stuff. Like what, what could I possibly do, you know, that would compare to her or would help her or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I just, you know, I can tend to write people off in that situation. And, um, that chapter really became about vulnerability and Mm -hmm. how we all have something that we cover up. You know, we all have something we feel like we need to hide or we need to protect. And the way that we break down those barriers is vulnerability. And even um, as Brene Brown says, you know, being, being the first, going first, being Mm -hmm. able to, um, even though it's scary, being the one to uh, let people see who you really are. And I really believe that when you do that, people surprise you. Um, Mm -hmm. There's usually so much going on under the surface, Um, no matter what means they use to try to keep us at arm's length. Um, the more that we kind of, we engage them, we are vulnerable with them. uh, We invite them in Mm -hmm. the more they'll, they'll open up to us. So Mm -hmm. that's what I found in that chapter. I love that. This book, like I said, it's called, she's not your enemy. You guys, you need to go out and get this. It is available now. The Mm -hmm. other thing that I love, love, love that Esther press does Mm -hmm. is it includes something very fun and awesome when you buy this book. What is that? Well, there are several things about the way that Esther Press wanted to do this book um, that I love because people learn in such different ways. Yeah. So not only is it the words, um, it's also questions. There is space for journaling. Um, There are, you know, space for, there's space for prayers. There's space for, um, writing down scriptures that are meaningful to you that you can go back to. Mm -hmm. And then also it comes with um, 10 videos. So I I went to to Colorado Springs. I filmed filmed these videos. Um, I haven't watched them because honestly, (laughs) I don't like to see myself on camera at all. Um, But doing them was so encouraging because I was like, I feel like this is an opportunity to speak directly to the reader mm-hmm. and be able to say, you know, let's dig a little bit deeper. Here's, here's an inside story that you might not have known, or here's, mm-hmm. here's a little bit extra, a little bit of bonus content for you. And I feel like it's really engaging and encouraging to have those as well. So I just feel like it kind of uh, gives you all different angles, whatever mm-hmm. um, helps you to learn best. And what I'm hoping is this isn't going to be a book that like ends up just, you know, somewhere in, in the dust and cobwebs, but it's something you can keep returning back to you can say oh I remember writing down this insecurity and how am I doing with that or mm-hmm. I remember this scripture and I really needed it so I'm glad to be able to go back to it awesome and where can people find the book now because like I said it's out there it's so out can- there it's kind of uh anywhere online that you buy books um you can go to uh David C. Cook's website or Esther Press's website um you can go to Amazon Barnes and Noble uh, Walmart, Target, all, all of those kind of online spaces. Uh, maybe one day we'll see it in a bookstore. I would love that as well. But <laughs> for now, online is is the easiest way to get it. Uh, Christianbook.com, thriftbook.com, number of places. That's so great. Yeah, guys, go out and get yourself a copy. And also, Jen, let's talk about you. Like, where can people find you? And what can people expect when they follow you? 
Um, so I am online all over the place. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on threads. I, I, uh, I love threads in particular. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a writer. I love words. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a fun place for me to hang out, but I do some goofy stuff on Instagram as well. Um, I love engaging with people. If, if you have questions, send me a message. I would love that. Um, I, I pretty much the content that I put out is, is all about kind of this journey of, um, being rooted in who God says you are and having Mm -hmm. the confidence to be able to live out his calling for your life. So, um, that's kind of my, my ongoing content that I put out there. So I would love to see you there. Um, my Mm -hmm. handle for all of these is at Jen Schultz author, J E N N S C H U L T Z author. Awesome. I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. And if people want to subscribe to your email list, what do they get when they subscribe? Oh, I have a number of uh, kind of fun freebies that are mm-hmm. available. I have um, a book on a little booklet on on um, resilience. I have one on um, perfectionism, like we kind of talked about through the whole show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, a number, number of things. I have an advent study as well. Um, kind of an identity check, kind of quick Bible study. I think it's like a five-day devotional. Um, mm-hmm. So that's available on my website, which is also jenshelfalter.com. <laughs> awesome. Jen, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today and with my listeners. And do you have any last minute encouragement? I just go back to who God says he is and how he introduces himself as a compassionate and gracious God and encourage you to think about that as the first thing you think about when you think about God, um, because that's how he sees you. And that's, um, he loves you like that compassionately and graciously. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you for joining us and have a great week. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode, that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of God's redemption. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.